0: Hey, uh, 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 uh. hey, bro. Hey, bro. uh. Hey, don't hit me, dog. Don't hit me, can Come see me. Come see me. I ain't trying to talk. I, I ain't trying to talk. Give me back. Give me back. What's wrong with quit hit me, dog. Come see me. Fuck, around nigga, man. You don't talk no no Fuck, this nigga, Why? Because they handle, they handle, they handle. They find them, they find them. Find them. They them, they, them. they find them, they find them. They find them. they find them. find them, they find them. They find They find them. They find me They find them. They find them. They you Trying to trying get a, a two-way yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the ticket going for four-way yeah. I ain't trying to have them no fizzes yeah. running in my doorway uh-huh. See, I been doing this shit here for a long time We get 25 bills yeah. over phone time but That's yeah. a long time. time to be trying to ride out I'm Picking on my phone like baby at the hideouts, Cause over the uh-huh. ain't B- trying to talk I gives a damn about what you trying to spin up yeah. with your ball Yeah, hustling outside the veng trying to be in a motherfucking man don't hit me on that next tail chirp if you trying to converse about some
1: fucking word no don't hit me on the next tail chirp if you trying to converse yeah words, like don't so do it don't don't hit me on the don't hit me on the next tail chirp if you trying to converse About some motherfucking work. I ain't got no no next tail chirp no more. You know, that was a long time ago. But I bet y'all ain't see that one coming, man. Check it. Because I'm showing my age today. You know what I'm saying? I'm showing my age today, man. What up, world? What up, though, Detroit? Welcome to Bad Guy Radio to say hello to the Bad Guy Podcast, Detroit's most dangerous podcast, and Michigan's fastest-growing podcast brand. This is the only uncensored news source in the city. (laughs) So welcome back to the Madhouse, man. This is the home of candid conversation, unpopular opinion, and intelligently ignorant dialogue. As you know, I am your host, Cutter Kane, the devil himself. And we are back again in the studio. Um, I know I made a promise to become more active, and I lied.
2: It's
1: it's been about two months uh, since I've been in the studio, and I apologize for that. Um, But the important thing is that I'm here now. Now come on, man. You know I'm sure that isn't the first time that you guys have been lied to, and it won't be the last either. So stay tuned. So go ahead, you know, go ahead and get a, get over it, because all that matters is I'm here now. i um, in the meantime, in between time. Y'all happy to hear from a real nigga? What? I mean, you should be. You're listening, right? If you aren't happy to hear from me, why would you be here in the first fucking place? Bitch I wasn't talking to you What the fuck is this Yeah you know what I'm saying This bitch Siri All in my motherfucking ear man God damn bitch Don't hit me on the Siri church. This bitch all in my conversation Now listen If y'all not happy to hear from me I'm not sure why you here But you know At any rate That's a rhetorical question I can never be too sure with you niggas You know I'm from a city of weirdos You know they do shit like Be friends with people They don't like on social media You know so listening to me Or following me And not liking me Wouldn't surprise me at all. And speaking of that, shout out to my baby mamas, because I'm sure you're listening. I'm glad you can join us. Now, even though today's show isn't about giving energy to those who don't like me, we can do that another time. Because being honest, I don't pay no mind to who don't like me. I'm doing better than most of you loose Newport smoking ass niggas. You Know what I'm saying? This is Street Nigga University 103, and I'm under investigation for fucking y'all bitches
3: sheriff's deputies arrest a man who they say has more pussy than he can handle I'm Kathleen Corsa with that story coming up on channel
1: 6 action damn right now let's stay on topic though man because we are back in the madhouse this is my house matter of fact this is my home if you will and this is without a doubt Detroit's most dangerous podcast and Michigan's fastest growing podcast brand I can't say that enough I'm a thousand and eight cities up 64 countries but who's counting I am now listen, we all know I'm the best. That won't change. Doesn't matter if I record every six days or every six months. I'm still better than all you niggas combined. Don't compare me to no nigga recording podcast episodes for free on Anchor. Don't we not the same. And don't come in my don't come in my social media comments trying to argue either unless you're ready to lose. I argue for a living. Be at home using y'all boring ass podcast to put my kids to sleep. Told you niggas that shit before. Anyway, man, outside of that, though, you know, how you niggas doing, man? Is y'all good out there? You know what I'm saying? How is that inflation treating y'all?
3: Joe, I didn't eat, Joe. Joe, I didn't eat today, Joe. You know why, Joe? Joe, you want to know why? The gas,
0: Joe, I got a car.
1: I got a car, Joe. Got, listen, if you got a fucking car right now, you probably want to get that bitch up. Fucking price of gas higher than Whitney Houston right now. But
0: hey, chill. You better
1: lay low. And lay low, I shall. Fucking summer is approaching, man. Matter of fact, summer is here. And when the temperature goes up in Detroit, so does the crime rate. My scanner and crime radar, motherfucker won't stop going off. Body's dropping left and right around this motherfucker.
3: Y'all really blowing my shit with it. It's hot. Let's not start shooting. Niggas not shooting because it's hot, bro. It's because I've been looking for this nigga for four months. Now he outside with his shirt off like shit cool. And I got him. Not gonna let him get away this time. That's why niggas getting shot. Not because of the heat.
1: I, I, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Sounds like a good enough explanation to me. I won't question it. I won't quit. That, that motherfucker sounds serious. I don't want. I don't want to be caught outside with my shirt off from that nigga around. Now listen, as most Detroiters know, um, Detroit niggas don't really need a reason or a season to get on bullshit. You know, as Detroit's voice, I love my city. You know, I hold y'all in high regard wherever I go, but I also know y'all ain't shit either, and y'all know it too. Detroit niggas start shit at baby showers, kid basketball games, churches. Funerals, wedding receptions—it don't matter.
3: What's popping, Ho
0: ass nigga? I blow this
1: bitch. You talking about hoe? Uh, no, I don't. Crime is high, and with the recession setting in and the prices of everyday items at an all-time high, tension is rising in the city even higher than previously. Um, on an economic level, when prices get high, resources get low. The pandemic money has faded, and so has the high-end lifestyle that came with it. The designer clothes and crab bags have disappeared. Niggas went from $10,000 French Bulldogs to French fries overnight around this motherfucker. I ain't seen a 360 photo booth for sale in months. Niggas, two years ago, niggas was saying 100000 is the new 10000 yeah, It was wild times, wasn't it? Where are all that exotic weed at? Where the crypto go? NFTs and shit. You know who need to start an NFT? The funeral home. The way these bodies dropping around this motherfucker. We need to get a Swanson stock option. O- OH Bitcoin. Motherfucking James H. Cole Chloro Funeral Home 401k. So we need to get around this motherfucker. Motherfucking crypto shit about dead anyway. They got the feds in the hood. The feds need to go get them crypto niggas. Should I call crime stoppers on a Forex nigga in a minute? Shit. Niggas, y'all opened up all those boutiques and eyelash lines. Should have opened up a morgue. You would have made some real money. The money is gone. The recession is here. And all these niggas got left is bullets and guns.
0: We not even going to play like that for them grades.
1: <laughs> and if you've been paying attention, they ain't scared to use them motherfuckers. The news and crime reports have been on another level lately. I honestly can't keep up with the level of violence occurring day to day in this city. Um, what's most surprising isn't just the level of violence, but the ages of those involved. On both sides, rather we're talking about the victims or the perpetrators. Matter of fact, you know, here's a few headlines just from this month alone. Of course, there was the murder of Hutch. Hey. Detroit celebrity jeweler, and I use the term celebrity very loosely. Um, You know, that that murder drew a lot of attention. However, there were others, including the murder of 11-year-old Saniya Pugh, who was killed during a sleepover at her east, east side Detroit home. The lead shooter in that crime, William Dickerson. He's 21 years old, and he's currently being held without bond. The co-defendant in the killing, um, Is also 17. And not to be outdone, Detroit's West Side, I got something for y'all to ask too. Not to be outdone, we'll make our way over to Detroit's uh, West Side where Tyron Stanford, Dante Ellington, Darian Dew, these three men, these three gentlemen, were all shot on Detroit's West Side. Guess why? For attempting to rob a CPL holder for a pair of gym shoes. Walk a mile off in my Air Force. almost lost your life for some fucking retro nikes so you the report indicates the men were there to make us to buy the shoes from the 24 year old cpl holder they announced a robbery he he produced a, a gun a shootout occurred he shot the cpl holder shot all three of the armed robbers One of the armed robbers retreated to someone's porch to knock on the door. The other two ran down the street and carjacked a passerby and drove the carjacked vehicle to the hospital. All three were arrested and sent away in county jail. Or how about Alexander on mine Smith? I got room for your ass today, too. Age 23 who's been charged in the hit-and-run crash that occurred on Bell out after he jumped the curb and ran down two children, killing a 12-year-old. We go back to the west side. We got Malcolm Ray Hardy, 16 years old, Detroit teen, currently char- charged with three counts of first-degree murder, including a five-year-old victim, who he shot multiple times so that the child would not snitch. Now, maybe it's a lack of resources. Um, There has long been a connection between lack of money and patience. And I know the community tends to point the blame for violence on socioeconomic issues. Now, I lean towards personal responsibility and accountability, but to each his own. But for every reaction. I'm sorry, for every action, there's a reaction. And the level of bullshit and violence in our city has Detroit at a major crossroads. Um, I don't know if you guys know about this, but the feds are in town. The feds have announced um, that they will be selectively prosecuting defendants, oh, I'm sorry, felons caught in possession of firearms in the 8th and 9th precinct. I don't know about none of the other precincts, but I guess the 8th and 9th must be their favorite. So if you get caught with a pistol over there, it's a good chance your ass is going fit. Just a, a tidbit of information for you. I know y'all don't read the news and shit, so... I'm here to I put hey there you go. Now, today's show topic will focus on not only the impact of the rising crime rate but also the response from law enforcement to combat that rise. Welcome to Street Nigger University 103, Case Closed. Now, this is the third installment of a uh, Street Nigger University and it's and it's actually one of my favorite shows to do. Now let me be clear, the purpose of Street Nigga University isn't to glorify crime. It's just how to teach you to be a better criminal. If that makes sense. Hey, I'm your uncle and I love all my nieces and nephews, and I want the best for you. So if you're going to be a criminal, be the best one. You know what I'm saying? Set the bar high. Now, the purpose of this show is to provide those who live the life a how-to guide on what to do, or most importantly, what not to do when moving in these streets. The stories told and information given in previous Street Nigger University shows came based on my personal experience as a researcher of law, as well as my previous experience as a criminal defendant and target of law enforcement investigations. Today's show will raise the stakes and provide even more insight aim to help those who live those illicit lifestyles. Now the information and statistics I give in regards to law, although accurate, are sometimes taken with a grain of salt. Some motherfuckers act like y'all don't trust your uncle. I give you the game, baby. And you don't want to trust me. The shit I tell you, these motherfuckers will charge your ass to fold. No, nope, I'm giving out free consultations. You Know what I'm saying? So today, I brought in some help. Reinforcements, if you will. My guest today knows the ins and outs of the legal system. His experience and knowledge in court rules and litigation even surpasses mine. Now, the reason being is he's a litigator himself. So please welcome to the show my personal attorney and the de facto bad guy radio law expert, Paul Talinda. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, listen, glad you can be here. Me too. Thank glad you. you can be here. I'm pretty... With, with the shit going on in this city, I would assume you would be pretty busy, but it's a Saturday, so the course is
2: closed. Yeah, they'll call me tomorrow.
1: Uh, exactly. Or if it was me, like I do, I'd text you tonight, because that's, <laughs> that's what I might have to do. Now, um... Paul, the people know me, Um, I'm I'm well known, we see the little devil heads everywhere we go in the city, Um, I'm about 30 shows in, they're pretty familiar with my background, so let's give them some insight on you. Paul, introduce
2: yourself to the people. My name is Paul Talenda, I'm an attorney, and uh, my life is guns and drugs, and drinking and fighting, and lying and stealing.
1: And this is why we get along so
2: well. Now Paul,
1: (laughs) how long have you been an attorney? 2009, 2009. Okay. And what school did you attend?
2: Well, I've been to, went to Indiana University for my undergrad. I went and studied in Europe thereafter and I went to Thomas Cooley Law School uh, to get my JD.
1: Okay. Okay. And, and as we've pretty much established, criminal defense is your focus.
2: That's my specialty that unfortunately was what uh, chose me when I came out of law school.
1: You know the game chose you huh it did okay it did. can you can elaborate
2: yeah you know I'm I'm kind of a history nerd I like I like old things and I you know I kind of like the way that things were done and the reasons why people used to do things so because of that I liked property law because property law in America is based on like weird 300 and 400 old year old rules and uh, when I got out I wanted to do cannabis law. And that was my niche. And then getting into that on the property side, I had a client that uh, doing a case for him, his girlfriend got a drunk driving and said, yeah, sure, I can handle that." And Let's just say it's been downhill ever since. It's been down,
1: downhill or uphill. Now you know something. You said you know you like old things. You know I, I, I kind of had thought we had something else in common. I like I like old hoes. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) I I like the hoes experienced. These young hoes be smelling like pee and they don't cook well. But that's we gotta stay on topic here in the madhouse. You gotta keep me on topic, Paul. Because sometimes I, I go the other way, man. So, um, in a city like Detroit, um, which is a city, um, in the United States with the it's safe to say a very high crime rate. Um, I would assume that you handle you got a pretty high caseload. How many cases
2: would you say uh you handle yearly? You know, I I couldn't tell you. More than a hundred, more than a couple hundred. It depends because some of these cases linger, some of them go pretty fast. Uh it's a lot. You know, you do a lot of tri-county work. So but it's more of the pattern. I'm seeing the same cases. Over and over and over again. It's the same type of case. It's the same set of facts. It's the it's the same thing with different people, essentially. Right, so let's kind of
1: slow it down, okay? So, like in terms of um, when you say tri you know, my listeners be kind of high. I'm kind of high too. So we going we gonna try to break it down to the lowest common denominator.
2: When you say tri county. Um, clarify for us, what, is that a region, is that a city, is that... So in, it's like southeast Michigan, right? So if you get in trouble you know, south of 8 Mile, north of 8 Mile, somewhere out west somewhere up north, that kind of stuff So south of 8
1: Mile, that's where people like me when I ain't got no license, that's where I drive and the other side of 8 Mile, we would have called that probably Oakland County
2: Yeah, Oakland and Macomb, o- County, o- Oakland,
1: yep. Macomb County where we don't go, if you ain't got your shit right, because they be sitting on the side of the road in 7-Eleven and shit <laughs> Tacking motherfuckers down with the goddamn radar gun and shit. Looking at your plates, yep. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we get we gotta gotta got slow it down for him sometime, Paul. We gotta slow mm-hmm. it down. Okay, so when you say you're starting to see the same cases, when you say the same set of facts, um, for those who don't know, a set of facts is typically what uh, occurs during an arrest. Um yeah. Correct, Paul. Okay, yeah. so when you say you're starting to see the same
2: type of cases, are you meaning in terms of charges? It's charges in the way that they come about, right? So, the especially in Detroit, I mean, guns are on the rise. Guns have become such a common occurrence in the courts that Detroit now has a gun, a CCW, a carrying concealed weapon, which is a, a violation if you don't have a, a concealed pistol license. They have a courtroom and a judge and a prosecutor specifically for those cases because now, they get so much of
1: them. now. Um, I'm glad that you pointed that out, Paul. I actually spoke on, um, in Street Nigger University 102, um, when I was speaking about, it was during the pandemic. It was maybe last year when I did that show where they were saying that there was an average of 120 to 150 guns a week, um, taken off to the streets of Detroit. I believe it. And so I've I'm, been I'm assuming that this, uh, what it seems like is a, a, a gun docket would be a direct uh, result of the influx of guns um, that were taken off the streets at that time. I believe I, I had the exact numbers. I don't have them now I have to look them up, but we, if, if we go back to that show, I, I definitely remember that. So you say, um, when, you, when you say the same set of facts in the way that the cases are coming about, could we clarify how, what we mean by that? Are we saying like, are the police setting
2: traps? Are they, what are they doing in there? It's some of it is a trap, but some of it is the police know what to look for and when to watch you. When to watch. Okay. So let me, Now,
1: I live in Detroit, um, which is in the state of Michigan, and I know that a lot of uh, people in Michigan have heard something called the open carry law. Um, Now, uh, as a lawyer, um, could you give some information as to what it really takes to carry a weapon um, versus a person who has, because I remember you said that CCW's result um, in arrests from people who don't have CPLs, which are concealed pistol licenses. So could you explain to to my audience what the open carry law is, um, the do's and the don'ts, and what your opinion as an officer of the court is on the open carry
2: law? Well, technically speaking, there's nothing... That is the open carry law. So the open carry law itself doesn't exist. And that is to say that you can't go to the law book. You can't go into the the Michigan compiled laws and look up the open carry law and have the law spelled out by letter, in number, and and by list. Um, It doesn't exist. What the open carry law is, is actually the exceptions to what the concealed pistol law requires. So the concealed pistol law gives you requirements of certain places and certain requirements that you have to satisfy if you are going to carry a gun in a concealed way. Now, let's get into what concealed means. Okay. And concealed has to do with whether or not you can see it, right? Obviously. Now, the hard part about that is, is that when you cover the, as they call it, the paddle, which is the handle of the firearm, that gun automatically becomes concealed. And the most common occurrence of this is you've got your holster on the outside of your pants, on your belt. You put the gun in the holster, and as soon as your T-shirt comes down and covers any part of that gun handle, now it's a concealed weapon. And you're eligible for arrest. Now you can be arrested. Okay, so
1: now, just to get you guys some, just, just to break it down, because I know y'all had, I know I just rolled up another wood. I know y'all smoking the, 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 the dro, and I know that y'all drinking the Casamigos. So, what uh, Paul just indicated was is that there is no law on the books um, that actually says that you can openly carry a weapon in Michigan. What it is is basically a backdoor loophole, you would say, um, for things that are not required by the actual uh, requirements that are posted in the statues for carrying a, con- a concealed weapon. That's correct. Okay, so with that being said, when you don't have any laws on the books um, to reference as an officer of the court, does that create some type of difficulty in defending these cases if you are having someone try to claim open carry and
2: they so ha- so happen by chance to, to get a CCW charge? Well, the, the biggest problem with the open carry part of it is is that it's never, the cases that are charged are never clear cut. Right, there are usually some variation, and it usually is, as as I said, the T-shirt came up and down. Or the guy's riding a motorcycle, and the wind blows, and the T-shirt covers the weapon. What about what about driving in vehicles with, uh, with these guns? The vehicles are the worst part, and that's the, the inside of the vehicle and the open carry are essentially the, the the two most common and really at the heart of all CCW cases. Because the gun in the vehicle, the requirement of a gun in the vehicle, if you don't have a pistol license, is... The gun and the ammunition have to be stored separately. So what that means is you get in the car, you take the clip out, you put the clip in the trunk, you close the trunk, and you can then put the gun, without any bullets into it, into the glove compartment. Which pretty much renders it worthless. Right. Now it's essentially that you have a brick in your glove compartment. Right. So
1: justice. So what I want to clarify, what we want to state from an officer of the court is what he just stated to you, ladies and gentlemen, nieces and nephews, Negroes and Negets, or whatever the fuck it is. You, you classify yourself as is. We know we multicultural on this show. So don't come and boycott a real nigga. Um, what this man just explained to you is there is no open carry of a lowered weapon in a vehicle. That's just the slow for you, slow niggas out there. That's what he just said. If you if you open carrying, which you ain't really doing, because it ain't no law for it. He just said that too. Um, the minute you, as a person with no concealed pistol license, sit your ass down in a vehicle, you are eligible for arrest. That's right. Okay, so what type of charges um, would come for a person arrested? Um, in that situation, like we just said, they got a C, they they got a gun, didn't get the CPL. They're sitting in the car. What 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 type of charge would they be subjected to getting arrested in that situation? It's a five year felony, five year felony. So when you say
2: a five year felony, is that you're get five years, or are they going to get probation? It's you're likely to get probation, especially out of Wayne County, because it's such a common case, and because typically they just catch you walking. I mean, if you if you have the the CCW plus another crime, you just make things worse. Um, Especially when you have a, if you have a prior felony. Oh, and we're going to talk about that as well. Yeah, it's, it gets that's when it starts to get sticky because not it's not just the concealed weapon charge that you can get. You can get the concealed weapon charge, then all of a sudden you can get a felon in possession charge, mm. felon in possession of a firearm, which depending on if you've had priors before, it's that's another five year offense on top of it. Well, then,
1: well, I guess I know something about that now. Right, we're going to get to, and we're, and
2: we're definitely going to get to that in a second
1: now. Ball get sticky. We talking about things getting sticky. How about that sticky icky iggy? Because as 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 I've heard, you are known as the cannabis attorney.
2: That's my niche. Yeah,
1: that, that's your niche. So when you say the cannabis attorney, um, your niche, um, you are seen, um, as a as as a voice and authority
2: on marijuana law. Yeah, that's been it's been something that I've I again when I dedicated a lot of my practice to cannabis law and unfortunately became criminal practice because back then they were kicking in doors and doing classic raids and, and forfeiture and big felony cases. And it turned into Rico cases um, that, you know, like I said, it chose me because it, I had to, but yeah, that's, it's progressed since then. I do a lot of licensing and I deal more with the legal marketplace now and, and still some of the traditional marketplace. But.
1: So to break that down guys, here I am again. Cause you know, I speak lawyer. Um, what he's saying to you when he says legal licensing is he helps the dispensaries. And the grows exactly the grow houses because as you know, um, recently, um, it's been a lot of groundbreaking laws in Michigan. Uh, we're going to talk about that too. But, um, as all of you know, uh, Michigan, um, has okay the use of recreational marijuana. Um, previously it was medical, where you had to have a card. And now in situations, um, I believe what's the
2: amount? Uh, just we want to make sure on this. What's the amount you can legally carry, Paul? Twenty-one and over, you can have two and a half ounces on your person and ten ounces at home. For my slow guys, 10 ounces, that's six ounces short of a pound,
1: two ounces more of a half a pound. I know y'all count kind of slow. I got to help you guys. Now, Paul, we got legal guns. We got legal weed. Explain the relationship for me because I feel like, okay, well, I got me a legal gun. I got me some legal weed. I'm going to fire this blunt up with this AR-15 on the back seat, and I'm going to take a ride (laughs) down the
3: Yeah,
2: Well, it depends on who pulls you over. Oh. So the, and this goes, goes true for medical marijuana, too, is that if it's legal, marijuana is legal under the state law. Firearms under certain conditions you are allowed to possess under state law. So if you are not in conflict with either of those, then you can carry about your business. Now, you can get. Uh, you can get in trouble for being impaired while in possession of a firearm, uh, but that's more of a judgment call and you kind of have to be acting like a fool rather than just be, you know, standing there smelling like it. Um, but it's it, it creates more problems prior to or with the medical marijuana card holders when you had to get a CPL and you had a marijuana card.
1: Mm-hmm. So now we were talking about those sticky situations. Um, we were talking about... Um, the possession of weapons yep. um, and how the penalties can vary depending upon what you have going on. So can you explain some of those situations to us about things or, or objects or items that you
2: may have while in possession of a firearm that may cause you problems? Yeah, so the, the biggest fear with gun cases or possession of guns is getting into what is called felony firearm which is the uh, possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. Mm -hmm. And classically speaking, if you had an ounce or more of marijuana, that was a felony. And if you had a gun in the other pocket, that gun was a two year mandatory minimum. Now, felony firearm is something that,
1: um, I'm very familiar with. I I haven't had it or thank fucking God, but, um, I I remember speaking previously when we were talking about the felony firearm statues in Michigan and how they carry mandatory prison time. Um felony firearm 1 um, being punishable by a 2-year sentence, felony firearm 2 being felon, uh punishable by up to some f- sorry 60 months which is 5 years, and then felony firearm 3 which is an automatic 10. So in situations um where um, felony firearm occurs as you said is in commission of i'm sorry the possession of a weapon during the commission of an additional felony um how can that be exacerbated by a person that has a prior criminal record because I, mean, I know you, I, heard,
2: I heard i heard you use the word felon in possession felon in possession yes yeah. so if you have the felon in possession is a let's call it a modifier because you are with Having a felony on your record, you're not allowed to possess firearms. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you do have that felony on your record and you are in possession of a firearm is a another five year offense itself, and those can be again stacked as well. Um, so it. it and when
1: you say stacked, you mean consecutive sentencing. It,
2: it, you can get multiples, and then depending on the terms, yes, they can be consecutive. But consecutive sentencing applies to felony firearms. So let's just say, and I've seen this before, where you get. Um, walking down the street and the cop, you get a legal arrest and you got a bad gun in your pocket or you get your felon, you're not supposed to have one. You get the felony, uh, CCW, felony possession and the felony firearm. You go to court, you lose a trial, you get the two years on the felony firearm and they give you two years on the felony possession. Now, because of the mandatory minimum and the consecutive sentencing, which means that you have to do the sentencing first. And then, the, and then the other one you're doing two years on the gun and then you're staying for two more years on the felon in possession. So you're doing four rather than just two. Yikes. So I I, I caught something because, you know,
1: I, I got to listen in here. I'm something like an investigative reporter and a media personality all in one. Um, I heard you say something about um, it all depends on who catches you. Now, was that in reference to Law enforcement agencies It is It is oh, Okay so In your Personal opinion As a, uh, a Professional opinion Not just personal I, I give our personal opinions um, You giving our professional opinions um, What in When you say Who pulls you over When you say that These particular law enforcement agencies Are we talking about Particular police departments Are we talking about The sheriffs The state police Who typically uh, causes the most problem for a person on the other side of the law when they get pulled over by him
2: it the the short answer to that is it's the younger cops generally speaking right i've always i've always gone by if, if you get pulled over by an older guy if you get pulled over by someone with gray hair it's probably going to be an easier encounter because he's got nothing to prove he's not a cowboy he's not new to the job Right. So it's not so much the agencies as much as the person is what you're saying. It's it's going to be the cop and the personnel. I'll go back into split in the agencies and say, okay, well, your chance of getting uh, a hard time out of some podunk small police department somewhere up north is pretty high versus some small police department down here. Uh, state police are usually pretty clean, pretty easy. Uh, sheriff's departments are sometimes problematic, but typically clean and easy. But your difference really is going to come between, because we live so close to the water, is the difference between the federal agencies, like Border Patrol or Homeland Security, and any of the local agencies. Local agencies will find a gun and some weed and say, okay, well, as long as this agrees, get out of here. Federal agencies will pull you over. And if they decide that they want to really stick their nose up your skirt, they'll prosecute you for both because now you have this, federally illegal substance and a firearm.
1: Now, see, this is what I wanted to get into, um, because this is something that's probably not known by most people. Um, you know, even with um, the legalization of marijuana on a state level, um, the feds actually still see marijuana as an illegal drug.
2: Am I right or wrong on that? They have to. It's part of it's part of their policy and who they follow federal law and the way that federal law works is that within a 100 miles of an international border you can have border patrol which is why if you've been up and down the east side or even the west side you'll see border patrol on fort on the green and white motherfucking cars yeah, right. and, they, and now there have been occasions especially if you go to the east side parks there down by the river, those guys will patrol those parks
1: we call it at the foot of the boulevard for all my niggas that be chilling up under under the bridge that I'll be smoking weed with your girlfriends and fishing and shit mm-hmm.
2: And if they come on roll up on you and decide that they want to write you a ticket, they'll write you a ticket for both. And then you got problems. And And and
1: just to keep it, just to clarify, for all of those who don't believe, you know, when they see those green and white cars, that those are actual law. Those are actual federal agents.
2: Yep. They're federal police
1: officers. Yep. Federal police officers. So something that's really going on in the city, um, not only in the city, we're seeing it on a nationwide level. Um, the rise in federal prosecutions. Um, and not only the rise of federal prosecutions, a lot of cases that are involved in
2: words like RICO, conspiracy. Um, you got to put teeth into it. That's why. Okay. Feds show up and it's for real, right? And, and what it comes down to is that if you, if I show up and get, say, okay, you got two years on a gun, right? That is going to get you street cred. You're going to be out pretty soon and life might not change, but that same gun gets you, five to ten automatic and feds somewhere out and ship you out to Kansas somewhere uh, and it's so cool anymore. So not, not, let me ask you these
1: questions. Like, okay, so um, as, a, as a litigator, have you defended
2: cases in fed court? I'm on the list. Typically with, when it comes to cases of, the, of my clients in fed court, if you get picked up by the feds, you got real fucking problems. You need more than one attorney. Oh. Or you need somebody who's got a ton more gray hair than I do and you're going to be spending uh, your parents retirement to do so. So what as a as I a do per- fe- I do do federal cases but I don't want to that's what it comes down to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let me ask you this because I mean this is a this is something that is uh, a I mean for anybody that's been to jail or anybody that listens to the raps or anybody that's in the streets there's a big stigma there's a big conversation that's usually had between having a retained attorney Mm -hmm. and having a court-appointed attorney. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So, straight from uh, the the mouth of a litigator, um, in your personal and professional opinion, is there really a difference um, in having, outside of the obvious, of course, because, I mean, I don't think too many of you guys can get your court-appointed attorneys to come get interviewed at the show like I can Mm -hmm. But I, but I was, but that's a show for another day. Um, would you say, in your personal and professional opinion, is there a difference um, in because I've I've seen some heavy hitters mm-hmm. uh, on that on that public defender list. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple David Cripps. I've seen a couple uh, Todd Perkins. I've seen yep. that you might get one. Is there a big difference um, in the the, the difference in representation? There can be.
2: And, And I'll go back to this with the federal side is that the big reason that I don't do a lot of federal work is because the guys that do the federal appointed work are the guys that you would hire for federal work. Those are Kwame's attorney, everybody, all the big boy attorneys, they're all on the appointed list. So you really have a better chance if you get picked up by the feds of getting a... Hundred grand federal attorney appointed to you, then orders, spending the hundred grand spending to do it. Now at the state level, you get picked up on state charges. Now there's a big difference because the state court appointed pool is so large that you're that you're playing the percentages, right? That you are um, you're taking a gamble. But yes, in that court system, right? And I've I've done cases with other court appointed attorneys. I've I've stopped doing court appointed work long ago, but I've done work with court of appointed attorneys on big felony cases. And you're right, those are they're big names, they're big guys that you would hire. But that's the beauty for the attorneys on court appointed work is that you can get your you can sharpen your teeth on cases like that because it's real crime. Right. Mm-hmm. And the guys that come out and do the the weirdest and grossest shit are getting court appointed attorneys. So it's a great place to learn. But yeah, in reality when you have heavy stakes, you want one guy that's dedicating his time to your case and not a hundred dollars and making 150 bucks on your case.
1: Uh, so when you say making 150 bucks, are you saying that that's what these court appointed attorneys are making? It can be. Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. doom. Yeah, shit. I might. I wanted the motherfuckers attorney be having to hustle on the side.
2: 150 bucks. God damn. No one. I couldn't
1: get a visit in the county jail. And i motherfucker had me. Well,
2: Cause you get what you pay for. I mean, they st- they've started to increase the program to where you're starting to get maybe a little more for a little more work here and there, but it's not worth the uh, the same amount of hassle, right? But again, like you get what you pay for in a lot of those situations. Sometimes right. you're lucky.
1: All right, so you no, know, so
2: you feel like a real personable guy.
1: Um, I mean, you no, know, I you know I, I know you personally. I know my audience doesn't, but you know, I, I can understand that. You know, with seeing some of the cases that you see, um, you probably. See, Probably see some things that the average person doesn't come across. You probably run across some individuals that you probably wouldn't want to see somewhere at a dark spot. um As an attorney, because I heard you say something earlier, so I got to call. I got. I got to call them. Pick mm-hmm. every word you were saying that you kind of. If the Fed case, if if it, if it isn't really handed to you, you'll avoid it because you don't want the hassle. Is there ever been a situation where your personal feelings and your beliefs um have as made you stay away from an individual case for someone that wanted to hire you?
2: Uh, yeah, it happens every once in a while. And there are people that just, um, you know, they didn't do anything wrong, right? They don't want to take accountability. They're very difficult to work with. Um, and a lot of times it's personality stuff. But, you know, I try to help. I try to identify with a lot of my clients. But, you know, I, there's the one the one thing I don't do is child rape, Right, I won't do those kind of cases. Though.
1: Even if so, now when you say you don't do it, is it is it kind of like you won't take this case in, or you will get it? Because you say it's you're on the list for court appointed. So, well, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, so so everything is personal personal
2: yeah, practice with retained, you. Yeah. So I retain. Okay, well, we don't got to worry about that. So yeah, it's child rape is off the is off the it's off the table. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's thing is the the problem with those types of cases, and really with some other types of criminal type of cases, is that. You want someone who only does that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the particular, especially with any kind of child sex crime, because again, for my clients, I'm I'm a regular guy that didn't give up. That's how I got here. Mm-hmm. And my clients have gone through things that I've gone through too, and they got caught. So it's easy for me to identify and to help them. And it's and it's natural for me to treat them as real people because it's real people going through real things. Okay. Now I can't. Personally, identify with anybody who's been getting naked with kids, so we can fuck with the killers and the dealers, but we can't fuck with the baby pussy stillers. Absolutely, because sometimes those motherfuckers are asking for it, and kids never are. I can stand. Listen, I, I I'll take that there.
1: You know what I'm saying? No, no better, no better, no better explanation. So we were talking about um earlier. Um, when I was going on my rant page about how um, the rise in federal prosecutions between two particular precincts and areas in the city of Detroit, um, as a person who defends crimes in all areas of the city, in all areas of Southeast Michigan, do you think that that particular targeting is going to have any real effect on what you're going to see in terms of the results from this crime-fighting effort with the feds in the city?
2: If if they start making more red zones? When you say red zone. Oh, man, the red zone. I don't even know. I like. I think that came from a song, right? Oh, you're talking about the 48205 <laughs> area? The 20 two die, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Well, yeah, okay. So when
1: you say make more red zones, are you saying like... Of the, if the police do
2: it, if the, if the, it's the prosecution side. So, what the problem with what happens when the feds get involved is again, like I said, they're putting teeth into it. When they arrest you, you're not just getting charged with the two year and the five year, you're getting charged with the tens and the twenties. Mm-hmm. And there's minimums. Now, the, it works to the extent because you stop seeing people in neighborhoods and the neighborhoods start to get smaller and smaller as these people start to disappear because they're gone for five to 10. And it starts, Ideally, it starts to send a message. Um, the the hard part with the federal cases is that with criminal cases, they will screw you so much harder on the gun side of things and the prior record.
1: So when, what you say that is, is that basically um, the guns um, are the that's what you want to stay away from. Um, In terms of illegal possession, if you cause that, are you saying that makes you a target,
2: it makes you a target. And I tell you what, one of the worst like, from, from experience, one of the worst things oftentimes is that if you that an attorney can hear when it comes to a gun case from Detroit, especially from the 205, is that when you show up to court and they say, oh, we're going to dismiss your case mm-hmm. and it's bad, usually getting your case dismissed is good news. It's bad when they say their case is going to get dismissed because typically they'll point to two big mustached guys in the back and say, because they're taking it and those guys are feds. And then they take your guy into custody and now they've taken a simple Detroit case and turned it into a federal
1: case. Now, that's the biggest thing that we you know. I, I want to spend some time on today because I know you all probably seen, uh, you know, recently a uh, young thugger um, has caught himself in some trouble Him and YSL Eve St. or whatever the fuck they call that shit um recently was arrested and charged with uh crimes involving RICO um and furtherance of gang activity so paul could you explain
2: um for those that do not know um what is RICO RICO is let's call it the, the a very wide reaching net for organized crime
1: and when we say organized crime um we, most guys are going to think about the mob a good fellas mm-hmm. and are you the favor for the favor fredo but it's not always Italians when we talk about organized crime, am I right?
2: Organized crime is if I say, Hey, you go steal something, bring it back to me, and I'm gonna sell it, all of a sudden you and I are organized crime. So and with that being said, when we talk
1: about organized crime or Rico, we kinda hear another word which is kinda called conspiracy.
2: And from what my understanding is, conspiracy is just anybody more than two or two. Yeah, two people or more that agree. To commit a crime or to commit a legal act in an illegal manner. So if you got two guys, me and my brother, me and
1: my cousin, me and my bitch, whoever I got with me that day and we go and commit or come up with a idea to commit a crime, we could be arrested
2: for conspiracy. Yep. Well, that's how it's, it's the classic. I am going to kill my husband. So I'm going to go talk to somebody about it. And when I talk to somebody about it, that's now I'm soliciting that murder now I'm conspiring because now I have two people uh, it just goes downhill. Well is it is it is it just for murder or can I be can I can I get charged with conspiracy for something else other than murder or You can be charged for conspiracy to commit any other crime. Right? right. Conspiracy to commit child sex abuse, commir- conspiracy to commit drug delivery, conspiracy to commit murder. So you know. when
1: you say we, we know that kind of reminded me because that's what the fuck they charge our fucking Kelly with. Free kills, man. What the fuck, man?
2: Most, Most people actually in federal prison are there on some kind of conspiracy charge because the conspiracies are easier to prove than the crime themselves. Ah, so
1: with the conspiracy being easier to prove and by conspiracy being an overlap of more than one person in the organization, you could potentially be arrested for a crime
2: that you didn't even have your hands on yes depending on how the conspiracy works so as a for instance is like if you and i decide that we're going to commit a crime and then i go out the door and talk to somebody that you've never met Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they get him picked up on a crime and they're able to connect me to it and then you now you're in in the hole for something that a guy that you've never met did Mm. the fucking plot thickens now
1: i've been asking you some professional questions paul i gotta ask some questions man that I gotta know this from personal opinion Yeah, You know what I'm saying First we're gonna start off with we want gonna school my youngins before I go You know what I'm saying Cause I gotta school my youngins Police Misconduct We had a conversation where you were kind of saying uh, and This was before we came on air Where we were talking about some of the cases where uh, Or sorry some of the actions Behind some of these arrests Go ahead and give me some examples of when you whipped the police ass. When they did some shit that they wasn't supposed to do and you got a young man or a young woman or for all my LGBTQ, somebody that was maybe in between. I'm going to leave y'all motherfuckers out. (laughs) When you may have got a man, woman, or individual. I got to say individual, man, because y'all be on my ass, man. (laughs) Every time I say something about a motherfucker, they try to censor me. I'm the bad guy, man. What the fuck? So, all-inclusive
2: all-inclusive, because here's what it comes down to. All-inclusive because of the paperwork. You're just called defendant. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we did. So we talk about uh police misconduct,
1: prosecutorial misconduct. Like I know in the news, everybody's been seeing a lot of these guys. been in prison for 20 fucking years, and they found out I didn't do it. They found that's, out that I was the wrong motherfucker. That's... Yeah. Have any... of have Have you had the pleasure of getting any of your previous clients out of prison or out of jail, or even getting a case dismissed because the prosecutor
2: fucked up. I've had some cases thrown out because of, of withholding evidence or uh, showing up. For instance, I had a case where I watched, and this is why you watch all the video, right? You watch all the video, read all the reports, you watch everything. I left the video on and about 10 minutes of silence after that, the cop starts talking to another witness. And the witness describes a completely different scene than what the cops said in the report. And that witness statement never made the police report. Now, let me ask you this. What in that particular situation, what was your client charged with? Uh, Drunk driving, fling scene. Uh, There were two other felonies involved that had to do with a, a, a knife and a firearm. And... What happened was, as I said, well, this is should have been disclosed. The cop didn't do his job. So I filed a motion to suppress all the evidence mm-hmm. and rather than admitting to it or owning to it, when I showed up to fight the case and to hear that motion, they just dismissed the case when I showed up without an answer.
1: Ooh, yeah. And you wouldn't have had that if you would had motherfucking uh, Reverend uh, Pimp Daddy as your motherfucking lawyer. You got to get a real lawyer to do that type of work and watch some videos. Now, listen. Since this is about education for all my street niggas and all my niggas in the illicit life, what are some things that, again, men, women, and in between, ladies and gentlemen, and linemen, whatever the fuck y'all, um, what are some mistakes that people make when 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 being arrested?
2: Well, getting arrested is is. Uh, I want to say it's easy to avoid if you're smart about it, right? Cops at gas stations, they're looking for the bulge in your pants. Not that one, but they're looking for the gun. And they're going to say something like, hey, you got a CPL. Now, that's important because I've had, I've beat a handful of cases when the cops say stop. So let me ask you this. Not, not in terms of the, the, of the style. I'm, I'm saying when...
1: You actually get arrested. Actually, Prior to, yes. not, you, you in custody, your ass at the DDC, mm. they taking your fucking shoestrings, they, they, they taking, what are some mistakes, um, that you, that we can give to these guys of things
2: not to do when you're in police custody? If, when you see the cop, shut the fuck up. There's no reason to talk. As soon as the cops get within earshot of you, as soon as they were close enough to touch you, and especially after you're in custody, don't say a goddamn thing. What if they buy me a corned beef sandwich, Paul? They're going to probably buy you a McDonald's, unfortunately. Oh, shit. man! they're going to try to this- be your beer friend. And then if there's more than one of you involved, they're, and especially with the young people, they're going to say, oh, you're too young for this. And they're going to try to be your buddy. And they're going to try to be, get some kind of Dialogue going with you, so that you blow your right to silence. It. So you, so you, so you saying, don't say a word. Don't say. A you, you got the right to remain silence. Yep. What, what about writing statements, Paul?
1: Not a goddamn thing. Not a goddamn thing. they and they'll write them for you too. On top of it. Now let me have a situation. Has, has there ever been a situation? Um, we ain't gonna say no names. You know what I'm saying? If I know you niggas be telling. Cause somebody told me, snitch, stand for shit, nigga. I'm trying to come home.
3: Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Um has there ever been any situations where you've had to defend a snitch?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 for good reason too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know. It's a good reason to snitch, Paul. Uh, I mean, let's okay, for snitching no. Um for Sometimes, okay, I'll put it to you this way Oh,
1: I gotta get some, some straightening in this motherfucker so, so, tonight
2: so, sometimes, sometimes street justice takes many forms, right? Sometimes payback looks different And sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to
1: survive Understood, so listen We were talking about kids, man, and it's like you know this is something that I do this for. Like it's like I said, you know, Street Nigga University is a show where I come to educate. I talk my shit in here, man. I do my thing, but I come here to bring you guys good information um, that I hope you know will better y'all lives and better y'all situations. It's always some some comedy in the situation and some entertainment in there, but it's always something to be learned. Um, I do a lot of giving back. Um, I I, I do kid giveaways. I do clothes giveaways. I do candy handouts I do all that kind of shit. I do appearances motherfucking hosting 16 year old kids be bad as hell a 16 year old birthday party they be twerking and shit smoking weed it'd be wild but i mean the biggest thing that i'm seeing is it's like the 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 effect i i I quoted some crimes earlier um with some pretty young um like i said on both sides victim Mm -hmm. and perpetrator Mm -hmm. what's the youngest defendant um you have had uh to defend in your in your in your career as an attorney violent crime 17 17 and at 17 um what was this defendant charged with shooting Shoot. it was
2: gun possession and shooting and things like that and then i've had uh more than i can count 17 to 19 uh of kids doing real grown-up shit with real grown-up things Like right, when you say real grown up shit we are we talking about what we talking about like Drive-bys. So all this shit is growing up shit. Well, it, and it's and it's drive bys and then running and then dumping the car and then running and then dumping the weapon again. So are we talking about murders? murders? We are talking about armed robberies? We talking about assault? all kinds of shit? And it's like you know the the difference between a murder and just shooting is uh, is luck, right? You don't get and if you're not within ten feet of somebody, you don't get to pick if you're killing somebody. So you're you, shooting that gun you, is fucking luck.
1: You see an indiscriminate shooting. Okay, so all the time. um, this is something um that. You know, because I'm always gonna come to my city. We, where this shit go? Uh, there was a murder of a very, very prominent jeweler, um, in our city, mm-hmm. uh, known as his name is Dan Hutchison, but he's known as Hutch, uh, owner. <laughs> hey, but shit, fuck it, hit that shit one more time, then you feel me? What? What? Hey, <laughs> there was a there was a murder. Uh, of a very prominent jeweler um in our city um and you know I, I, I can't get into specifics because we don't know the specifics we don't we don't know what's going on um but you know the streets talk there's a lot of things being said um there's been a lot of things said for years in terms of the spending um of illegal proceeds um in businesses and this goes beyond hutch uh, this goes beyond really any jeweler. Um, could you explain uh, for those that do not know the currency,
2: or, or known as CTR, the Currency Transaction Reporting Law? It yes, it's, it's all cash businesses are subject to it, and ultimately, banks are, and and they used to be called. I think it was more of an affectionate name. It used to be called SARs, Suspicious Activity Reports. And it's for a report of essentially any time there's a cash transaction from a single source or a single source in a short amount of time of over $10,000.
1: Okay, so um, just so we're clear, um, when you are performing cash transactions over $10,000, there is a requirement um, to report, you're saying, or to complete a form, or yeah. uh, whenever a transaction over any amount of ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. Okay,
2: so is this something that's just for jewelers, or is this something? It's, I believe it's a retail issue, and I believe that there it's a regulatory issue, like with with services and the like, and certain professions they don't have to do it because banks will do it, and the, typically the bank doing it is where most of this reporting comes from. Okay. So the guy that shows up with like thirty, forty thousand 40,000 bucks in cash and doesn't have a business account and doesn't have a prior relationship with the banker to where the banker knows why this guy has all this money. Then they'll fill out this report and say, okay, well on this date, you know, Bill Smith brings in $40,000 in cash and that will then essentially make its way up to the federal side to where they'll check their books to make sure that you have a excuse for that.
1: Now let me ask you a question. Um, so, let's say you know I have a business, and I don't fill out that paperwork. You come into my store you or you come into my bank and you got thirty forty thousand, and I just open the account without filling out that
2: aforementioned piece of paper, depending on the other licenses that you have and the other say regulations that you are subject to. it could get worse um not filling out that form depending on the amount and the frequency. Uh, and the source uh, could be problematic, right? Some guy doing it once for a small amount isn't. But so what you're saying is, is that potentially uh, business owner's, or rather,
1: and this is for across the board, rather it's a car broker, rather it's a real estate agent, rather it's a person selling any type of goods that can be tracked on paper, rather it was vehicles if a person who is performing these types of transactions were not filling out these forms, would they be subject to being in trouble?
2: Yes. Yeah. And that, and that's really where I'd say most of these forms come from is somebody saying, Hey, holy shit. If I don't do this now, I'm in trouble. Right. So it's the, it's the whole, uh, you see it, you got to say something, see something, say something, right. And it's now it's required. So it's, this is where, most guys who get in trouble on tax evasion get ratted out by large purchases. Where so you see a guy who makes a hundred grand a year, and then all of a sudden goes and buys a car for one hundred and forty cash, and gets reported on it, and the IRS shows up and says, "How the fuck did this happen?"
1: Oh, okay. So okay. So yeah, because I remember previously, I think it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, where there was another prominent jeweler um, in 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 the, in the metro area um, who also. Uh, Well, I'm not going to say who also, but he was actually indicted uh, regarding uh, transactions made in his business where he was not filling out
2: currency transaction reports. Yeah, and that and it's easy to do. Someone shows up and says, "Hey, here's three hundred grand for a big old diamond, something or a big custom piece." And three hundred grand in cash is a pretty irresistible stack of money that you probably want to do something more with and pay taxes on it. I can, I can see they happening, especially if there are other documents where it says, okay, I have receipts that say it was 300 grand cash, but you didn't report 300 grand cash. Your paperwork did you in?
1: All right. Now, so listen, I got about I only got you for about maybe 10 more minutes, Paul. I know you got a lot of things to do. You got a lot of motherfuckers to get out of jail. We talked about snitching, and we know, you know niggas do be snitching. But word on the street, Paul, is these niggas be snitching on theyself.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I, called talking. It's yeah, but, not, but no, but no, <laughs> no, Paul, I heard these niggas be
1: on Instagram selling the work.
2: Oh, Jesus. That's it's, it's an admission, too.
1: I heard they be on the internet with the guns. So, Paul, you mean to tell me that if I'm a felon or if I'm on probation and I put this gun on Instagram, I could be arrested?
2: Yeah, most of that, and that's the thing is like that's low hanging fruit, right? When the internet allowed cops and your probation agent to sit at home and fuck around on Facebook and Instagram and watch the dumb shit you do and find the dumb places you go and 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 have you admit to all that shit and then get you into court and say you got Facebook, right? Yep, your like your account looks like this. Yep, on this date you were here. Yep. So, have you had any situations where you've had f- clients who've been prosecuted for things they've done on the internet? I've had cases complicated by encounters on Facebook, which is usually one of the first things like we'll talk about. If you come to my office and say, hey, I'm in trouble, depending on the encounter, we'll, you know, put you on a little social media freeze and go scrub things so that things can't come back to bite you. So the first thing you do is you do a little damage control when they get to your office. You oh, it. for sure. Because the one thing that I don't want to do and, and, and I've been bitten by this on, on more than one occasion is that the client says, Oh, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And then all of a sudden goes back on Instagram and talks about good deals on this. And Hey, I'm going to blow this guy up and all these kind of (laughs) things. It's like, dude, we just had this conversation. And then I show up in two weeks and the prosecutor has that printed out waiting for me. And so you,
1: you, so what you're saying is you have actively seen cases won or lost based on
2: things put on the internet. Absolutely. And cases get generated from shit put on the internet. Like we see we see it all the time where like um who just had the probation violation, the parole violation because he had guns in his in his Facebook Live. And then all of a sudden Big his, homie. and his and his PO shows up or the, the cop show up and just like, dude, we saw you with the gun. Like what do you you might uh, as well just walk yourself to jail. I remember my I remember uh shout out and and this is why I'm
1: I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell this story and then we gonna we gonna I'm gonna give you guys some good news. And I'm going to have Paul give you guys some good news as well. Because I can't I can't tell you motherfuckers down without building you up. So, recently, um, in Michigan, because like I said, Michigan has been ground zero. Big Gretch is doing her thing. She's definitely earning the buzz. She's earning the bus. Big Gretch has been doing a lot of things in the neighborhood and, um, and in the city and in the state. No, She's doing so much shit, the motherfucker tried to kidnap her. You know you're doing some shit right when a <laughs> motherfucker tried to kidnap you. Uh, <laughs> we had a conversation regarding new and groundbreaking laws, expungement. Oh, yeah. Um, Could you explain
2: to my audience what the expungement law is and how it works? If you have a felony conviction or a misdemeanor conviction, depending on the type of conviction and the amount of time that's passed, you can have that those convictions removed from your record. There are There's no limit to the number of misdemeanors. So if you've got a bunch of bullshit driving on suspendeds or anything with misdemeanors and they can't shit, three years or five years must have passed depending on the nature of the offense. If you have a felony, uh, it's five years. You can have up to three felonies removed. So you can have three individual felonies removed. And if you have... What they call one bad night, right? So let's say you go out and get a whole stack of charges all in one night. The courts will now treat that as one offense. So let's say you go out one night and you get your... Um, all these stack charges because you have like a bag of this and a bag of that and a firearm and a knife and you got you know
1: and I slapped my hoe because the bitch was tripping my baby mama's on some bullshit. Yeah, right. You fucking bitch didn't buy me nothing
2: for Father's Day. Yeah, they can fucking catch you with Kennedy's hat or some kind of bullshit. Yeah, a, yeah I know. Yeah, go so ahead. they'll treat that as one one offense, and we can get that whole offense taken off. So oh. it really comes down to is that let's just say if it's been five years since you're. Since you've been to court mm-hmm. or five years since you've been to probation. We call that
1: adjudication yeah, or date of conviction. Okay. Hey, yeah. Give me a call. I know. So give a call. So listen, Paul, where can they find
2: you? You know, the easiest way I got uh, website, email, call me, text me. call. No, our no, text. no.
1: Give them, Paul, you got to give him the phone because I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why you guys want Paul's phone number.
2: Because I answer.
1: <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> motherfucker, I be texting you sometime and you won't be fucking responding. But I know I be drunk some nights to text you. I I blame I, the kids. Listen, I text Paul sometimes <laughs> with some she just randomly go across my but let me tell y'all why you want Paul's phone number. You know what I'm saying? Because charity starts at home. I am thirty five years old. Today is June the eighteenth. Um, We are less than 30 days From my 36th birthday Um, I Have a pretty extensive Arrest record Um, I have an arrest record going back To 1997 It's 22 years ago I caught my first felony as a juvenile At the age of 12 Um, In my adult life uh, I have been arrested well over 20 times. Um I was convicted of well the first one that they actually had to stick on me. I'm like two pistol cases in, but that's anyway. Um <laughs> the first case they were actually able to stick on me that I couldn't get out of. was so I caught a pistol case in 05, I caught another one in 13, I caught a controlled substance case in 14. Um, as I told you guys before, um uh, I missed my daughter's baby shower. I missed her first Easter uh, locked up. And it was a long drive. It was a long ass road, you know, and it it was really crazy was when I caught the cases that I didn't get up out of. No words for the feds. Shout out to granny. Uh, No words for the feds. Um, I went from zero felonies. It's second habitual in four and a half months. And after being convicted of my first felony at the age of 12, and after over 20 career arrests, after being on probation with three probation officers, shout out to Alexis Thomas. That was my probation officer in Oakland County. Uh, funny story that you brought up, Paul, when you were saying internet shit get you in trouble. The first thing Ms. Thomas told me when I got there was, is... Do not take any pictures on the internet with guns because it's a violation of your probation. That motherfucker sit on that bench. I just cuffed him because his baby mama sent me pictures of him. Don't be next. <laughs> Shout out to Alexis Thomas out there on Crooks. <laughs> Michigan Department of Corrections, Oakland County. That was my girl. She got me up out there. That's my girl. You ever I have ever seen you, see you somewhere drinks on me. Long story short, the reason you guys want to call Paul is after everything I just told you guys, my criminal record is a hundred percent clear. You might have saw me in Crane's business, Detroit, looking fine in a motherfucker. That was me. They was covering them pictures. I looked at fine, didn't I? After being convicted of my first felony twenty two years ago, and being arrested over 20 times, license suspended for 15 years straight. My criminal record is 100% clear. I will be at the Oakland County clerk's office Monday morning getting fingerprinted for my CPL. My gun buying rights have been restored. Which means all the rocket launchers and grenade launchers are legal (laughs) now. Bitch! Bitch! And that's why you want to call Paul Cause this motherfucker didn't changed my life I was fucking around with hood rack broke bitches Now I'm on yachts and shit Getting passports Flying around this motherfucker We go around this bitch on boats We playing motherfucking Frank Sinatra bitch Paul Tell them where they can find you Hit them with them phone numbers Hit them with them addresses Hit them with them whatever
2: they gotta do To get the man with the plan That's gonna get them back in the game Call me 313-731-6160 or you can text me at that same number. Text him at that same
1: number. And if you don't respond, get with the bad guy and I'm going to plug y'all in. Listen, man, it's been a while since I got a chance to talk to y'all. got a chance to fuck with y'all. It's been good. It's been great. You know what I'm saying? Until next time, until I get with y'all boys, y'all stay safe, man. And Listen. Get money, get hoes, and you better lay low. Get paid. I'm out this bitch, man. We gone. Bag out radio. Chill. You better lay low. Ten years, one
0: summer. Don't let
3: the game take you under. Somebody gotta tell you about this shit. Who better than me? Listen up. It's so call the game for a reason. You gotta know how to play. You know, you gotta know when to sit out sometimes. Niggas think about that money. Ain't think about the risk. Listen to your gut, man. You gotta know when to hold them, them, and walk away to your gut when they tell you not today this for my niggas that chose the narcotics way i pray after each said you make it home safe They get big boy money some niggas can't wait they jumping shit that ain't for them, being what they ain't you ain't thinking about the risk you're thinking about bank. you ain't thinking about your life you're thinking about skates. you want to hit the bar sipping on champagne letting niggas know you got cocaine and whole things you in love with the fame and the lifestyle Like that is a youngin, and who am I to judge But the goal is give money and die to judge They indicted my mans and because didn't bust Just the shit we go through for a street buzz Don't let the game take you under Don't let the game take you under Don't let the game take you under Ten years at work, all who one summer? All winter you been plotting on the whole summer. Like I'ma drop this with fuck that bitch. Cop this, watching this chain of flip more bricks. Talking like your phone can't get tapped. Moving sloppy like they can't see watch your whole track Is you getting followed or you just tripping? Your gun told you yes, but you still went against it. Shit, you gotta ball this summer for the bitches and press, a whole bunch of lame ass niggas. So you keep pumping, ain't shit gon' change. What I was all until them fucking the alphabets. Now you fighting for your life, shit looking trite. Feeling like you got good, it a butcher knife. Thinking shit wasn't worth getting took under. Doing 10 years just to ball one summer. Don't let the game take you under. Don't let the game take you under. Don't let the game take you under. 10 years at work, ball one summer. 10 years just to ball one summer.